From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Great to be back with you again. We are a podcast that deals with missions and culture and healthy church, much more as well. And the people that are in this room have been selected because they love all of those topics. And uh, we sometimes, uh, many times actually, dedicate an entire episode to just what some of our cast has been thinking. And so we're going to do that. But first of all, I want you to hear who they are. To my left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. To my right, Pastor Dario Richards. Hi. And <laughs> you always get the Pastor Dario Richards. I'm yeah. an ordained elder as well. I think you should start coming. Pastor it, Emily Armstrong. Pa- Pastor Emily Armstrong. <laughs> Future Pastor Natalie Franco. Oh. <laughs> prophesy, prophesy. I'm not saying anything. Are, are we going to just skip past the fact that Dario sounded like a Muppet when yeah. in? <laughs> with his greeting? No. Well, it, he's been trying out new accents every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Muppet accent. <laughs> the Muppet. I didn't know there was one Muppet accent. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I feel like after that, we have to go directly to Dario because uh, <laughs> I just want to know what he has been thinking. Um, I, I love having you as a part of this cast uh, because conversations end up happening with you that cause me to think about things differently. So uh, what's God been teaching you or what have you been kind of mulling around? Yeah. So just um, the first Sunday in me was officially uh, my last day as a senior pastor um, at a local church in Barbados. Um, so I resigned, but to maintain my credentials, I have to remain engaged in some level of assigned ministry with my district. Um, just the agreement that I have with my district superintendent. Um, so over the since I spoke to him about my resignation and he told me about the assigned ministry, I've been thinking a lot about um, where can I serve or contribute best, you know, mm. um, after not being in a senior pastor role. And what I have been thinking a lot about is just church health in Barbados and in the Caribbean. And church health from the perspective of um, leadership. So, so like who pastor is the pastor, you know, who assists the pastor, who um, there's some pastors who are gifted in areas um, extremely gifted, extremely effective in one area, but then other areas suffer and it has a, a great impact on the state of the church. Um, thinking about church health from the perspective of building strong teams who could help do the work. Um, thinking about church health from the perspective of, you know, making sure that it is Christ-centered, Christ-grounded. And, you know, some of these things are deeply spiritual, you know, obviously making sure it's a Bible-focused church, making sure um, that um, the worship is directly centered and focused on God. But then there are just some of these things, you know, that are, are you know, just built around proper organizational development knowledge, you know, built around um, just different skills and different, just things that, that wouldn't be fit into the spiritual category, um, that sometimes we as pastors can be ignorant of, um, and I'm just being, I've just been thinking about Barbados and the Caribbean and how could I contribute to that? You know, how could I help? Um, you know, how could I help empower pastors? How could I help strengthen pastors, assist pastors, 
and their leaders in building stronger, healthier, mm. more sustainable churches. You know, because I I just aware of how there are some pastors after they resign or they retire, you know, they feel blessed, they feel um, fulfilled, they feel as though they would have done all that God had called them to. But then you're the stories of those who retire, resign at the end of their ministry and they're frustrated. Um, they feel burnt. They feel burnt out. They feel unappreciated. They feel, wow. you know, there, there are so many negative emotions. And then there are people looking on. You know, I know so many people, especially females, you know, um, women who will say directly because they probably grew up in a household, you know, with a pastor who was their father, was their uncle. And they will say, clearly, I do not want to marry sure. a pastor. Um, I don't want to marry somebody involved in ministry just because of how they uh, view the experience that that person would have had. And I just don't think that should be the the consistent testimony of persons who decide, you know, to give their lives, give their 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 talent, give their gift, give their ministry to the church and to God. There must be a way that we can contribute to having, you know, and I use the word success lately, uh, but a more a higher rate of success stories um, in pastoral ministry, those who are currently serving and those who are um, retiring. You know, there's more than enough statistics that are currently talking about uh, pastors being burnt out, pastors being mm. frustrated. You know, the pandemic has really, you know, just exposed the struggles that church leaders are going through. So it's just on my mind, how can I contribute to that? I don't have all the answers. You know, I don't know what that looks like in our Caribbean context, um, but it's definitely something on my heart and mind. How do I serve pastors better as a former pastor? A couple of things jump out. First of all, you've resigned as a pastor yeah. to do something, a different ministry, um, certainly in sports ministry and traveling a lot, but God has given you a burden for pastors. Yeah. You know, for, that's the first thing that jumps out. And I think that he will still use you. And that leads me to the second thing that I'm kind of hearing. Really, your district superintendent is saying, we want you to still stay involved. There are many reasons for that, but we don't just want you to be with another organization and just far away and we never hear from you again. You are an important part of our district and yeah. who we are. But uh, currently, possibly, uh, we still don't know, but the area that you see that you could maybe be of help does not yet exist. Right. Correct. Right. Right. And so that intrigues me too, that, the, that we need to be thinking and seeing the needs, even if structurally we don't have a position assigned to that. Yeah. 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 I was thinking as you were speaking as well, literally just this morning in my devotions, I was reading in first Corinthians and I've opened it up again because I think that this is maybe a little bit about like what you're feeling. And it's the very end of Paul's letter to the first letter to the Corinthians. And it says in chapter 16, verse 15, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. Mm. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunus, and Achaeus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Wow. Such men deserve recognition. <laughs> and like as you were talking, I was like, God does it. Like even Whoa. I underlined it this morning because 
I feel like I've had a lot of conversations recently with some pastors that have such an, uh, a pull to um, being with broken and lost people mm. that, uh, that they don't feel like they're fulfilling that in their life because we've like taken away apostleship from pastors. Like there's so much of attending to the flock and attending yeah. to the people of the church already. And um, so I've, you know, talked with them about that. But then I read this and I thought there are different people, the body of Christ, you know, Paul just literally comes out of talking about the body and many members that I think, Dario, what I'm hearing from you and even putting together what the Lord was showing me this morning is that like, he's called you to serve the people that are serving the church, you yeah. know, and, and that's refreshing to their spirit. And that just knowing that somebody cares and that like, this is my call to do this. Yeah. I think even that's just a, a step in the right direction. So I bless you with first Corinthians 16. Thank you. <laughs> well, and even that those three people seem to be assigned to encourage right. those who are doing the work. Right. Yeah. That's you know, their job. Yeah, we probably could learn from that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't have a lot of people that, and I know, according to our structure, the district superintendent is viewed as like, no, he's the pastor to the pastors. Right. But because of all that he or she needs to yeah. do, my goodness, it's hard to truly give pastoral care uh, mm -hmm. as a district superintendent. And some districts we know have uh, 80 to 100 to 120 churches, yeah. right. you know, and all the yeah. pastors. And so this is needed. Right. This yeah. is needed. We yeah. want to encourage you in, in this. Well, let's continue on. Emily, I know that you've been thinking about something as well. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I've been thinking about something. I've been in the middle of a project uh, that is finished now, and I'm actually on the second phase of the project, and I'll tell you what the project is. I decided that when my son was starting his senior year, but his birthday is in the end of May, so I started in the end of May 2021, to put you on the right timeline, I started reading the Bible through in one year, and I intentionally bought a Bible that had space for journaling because I thought, I'm going to read the Bible through in one year, which I've done before, but with the intentionality of journaling things that if Elijah decides to pick up this Bible someday and read it for himself, he's going to see words of what his mom thinks about it or, you know, the things that I've learned through what the Lord's telling me this year. Like there's notes all over the pages and there's some days that I'll write like the actual date on it of this is the date that I'm writing it. And who knows if he'll see it. I mean, He's a 19-year-old guy, right? Like, I don't have a whole lot of ambition that he's going to be like, I am reading this cover to cover in the next year while I'm at my first year in college. However, I do have hope that, like, when he opens the Bible, when a pastor is preaching or something and they're, like, turning your Bibles to Romans 5.32 or whatever, that, like, he'll open to that page and he'll see one or two notes that, man, when mom was reading this at some point in time, this is what she's thinking about. And knowing that the word of the Lord is, um, active and living, I have gotten a lot of encouragement myself out of what the Lord's been telling me as I've been reading through it and doing it. But then as I think about reading the Bible with a purpose of discipling somebody else, like in the hopes that you will read this letter, it's made me think as I read Paul's letters to the churches, right? Like I can just feel even like the Lord in the Holy Spirit on certain days, that it must be the way that the people that were writing the Bible, I'm not saying that my words are the inspired word of God by any means, but I know that the Lord is speaking to me because there's a message that he has for Elijah. 
And I've been able to like really bring that into myself of, man, the Lord inspired something for the writers of the New Testament, the writers of the Old Testament, because he had a word for me, because he had something that I was supposed to be reading at some point in my life. And um, I have had the practice of reading through the Bible in a year for only about five or six years. And I'm going to do it again for my daughter, Sydney. And it won't be a surprise. It will be a surprise to Elijah. He every day watches me in the morning is when I have my time that I read the Bible. And um, he sits and has breakfast with me while I'm doing my devotional reading and I'm sitting there journaling. And there's some days that I'll just sit and think, he literally is watching me do this all year. He doesn't know it's for him. Yeah. And sometimes when I think about God feeling that way about me, it just is like, like I just have to take a moment, like step back, you know, and think God has that same experience of like, my daughter is going to be reading this someday. Yeah. And man, I sure hope that she feels encouraged. I hope that she feels directed. I hope that she feels guided. I hope that she finds wisdom for the decisions that she's trying to make. I, I, I hope all of these things, because that's been my experience of doing it for my son. And I'm going to do it again for my daughter next year, because she's going to be a senior in high school, and I'm going to gift it to her when she graduates from high school. And it's been such a great personal practice for me that I thought, I don't, I didn't, get the idea from somebody I've not necessarily heard. I think the only thing that like was in my mind when I even first started it, and Scott, I don't know if you remember the the pastor that preached the sermon at NYC. Uh, NYC is a Nazarene youth conference that has happened in the USA, Canada region. And so we have the opportunity to go every, and they do it every four years. But there was a pastor that had a sermon about the old tattered Bible, and I can't remember his name. Rick Rigsby. Okay. See, I knew Scott just remembers stuff like that. But he talks about finding his grandmother's Bible that was just tattered and worn because she just read it so much and she had so many notes in it and stuff like that. And that's like the only thing I can kind of have in the back of my head of like where the idea first came from. But I just wanted to share it here because I've been thinking about it, but I'm literally on my last like 20 days. Um, Full disclosure, you're hearing this in a couple months, but right now I'm in the middle of finishing the letter to Elijah, the year long letter that I've been writing to my son. And it's just encouraging to me, not because of what I just hope for him. Obviously, I have a lot of hopes for him. But I also have had such an encounter with Christ through it. Yeah, It's been refreshing to me. It's not been this, um, I think sometimes we read the Bible as duty. Mm-hmm. And for me, in this context and in this process, and I really do love reading the Bible. I used to not. Um, I, I used to really struggle with it, and that could be even something that we talk about right now if you want to. But, man, over the past five or six years, I've just found that reading God's Word from cover to cover, and I recommend if you've never done it, do it chronologically. For me, that has made a huge difference to read the story chronologically instead of Genesis all the way to Revelation because it kind of fits the timeline together just a little bit more. But, man, I just— I've had such an experience, and I know I've said it three or four times, but the experience of understanding why God wrote for me words, and um, that's what I've been thinking about. I don't know if it's triggered anything for you guys, and I'm sorry I became emotional. I'm obviously a mom that's getting ready to send a son off to college, so <laughs> so emotions are running high, even though you know that I cry at the drop of a hat anyway, so... <laughs> Well, first of all, obviously, I've known that you've been doing this, and it's just so cool. It's so cool that you're doing this. And part of me is like, man, 
I hope he doesn't lose this Bible. I mean, you know, yes. like, like just knowing how he is right now uh, at this point in his life and, you know, that even just any book that's printed, I mean, he reads everything just on his iPad or his iPhone, you know? And um, I don't know the last book other than for school that he's really read this been a printed book, you know, and just, I hope that this will last his entire life, you know, and that he will, he will reference it. But uh, maybe a few more things that grab my attention. One would be the act of our personal formation actually being discipleship yeah. uh, or, or an act of discipling others. Yeah. So let, let me, let me say that kind of again. So as God is forming us, that we allow that to be the essence of the discipling of others. Right. Does, does that make sense guys? Yes. Like, yeah. like, yes. so instead of saying, okay, like I'm, compartmentalizing. And on this side, I have my spiritual formation. So that's just me and God. And then on this side, how do I disciple someone effectively? It's like, you've truly brought in and what God is sharing with you. I mean, there is a possibility that Elijah will not read that. Right. Like you got something out of numbers that yep. he's like, I don't even go to numbers. You right. know what I mean, right. there's a possibility that you are writing that down, but it's valuable both for what it will mean in Elijah's life, but it's also valuable because I think it's brought clarity to you. That's right. Like, like wouldn't, wouldn't you say yeah, that? Yeah. Like the act of doing this means you can't just check it off your list and do your devotions. Right. Literally you are saying, Lord, teach me something for myself mm -hmm. and teach me something for my son. Yeah. And I am going to write it down. I think that's, that's something that's a habit or that's a tip for us that we could probably learn from. Yeah. Um, what caught my attention is the way God is showing his love to Elias. I know him <laughs> that way. He's got a good bilingual name. So yeah. <laughs> um, through his mom mm. and it, it's beautiful. Sometimes I'm just thinking about my family and I think it happens in the church that we, we have a family that Probably, yes, they're Christian, but we will love to show Jesus' love to them as well. And I can see how much God loved him through you mm. doing this. And um, especially I've been thinking, like, it got my attention because during the May, the month of April, I decided to pray the whole month for my family as I have family that is not Christian. And I remember every single day I was just praying for them. I was with them in my mind, and I was feeling how God is loving them through the like everything I've, that He put on me to pray for them. And I'm able to see the same in, in you, Emily, mm -hmm. to your son, even though he's Christian, even though he's following God, but like how God is loving him this beautiful way and that yeah. what that's why he put that on you and right. this is beautiful life and i think we should start thinking more about this way of showing love to our family as well mm. to the ones we are sharing life with all the time we should do it more often i highly encourage anybody to read the bible through in a year and if you can't do it in a year do it in two years there's plenty of plans and i can tell you it's probably the thing that's most enriched my life i can tell you Number one thing that's enriched my life is knowing God's word from cover to cover. And truly, after doing it five years in a row, 
being able to make connections through all of God's story and being able to read Christ in the pages of the Old Testament and things that I had learned in seminary that became real when I truly mm. began to read the Bible. It wasn't just like a professor told me that Christ is in all the pages of the Old Testament. It's like you really start to read it and put them together. So I highly encourage if you are a Christian that has been walking with Christ for any amount of time, but especially if you've been walking with him five years, 10 years, make a goal to read through the entire Bible. It is totally worth your time. Yeah, and it may take you longer than than the one year, yep. you know, but that's okay. Yep. I'm sure that there will be people that would like to comment. Um, maybe some some listeners are from the Caribbean uh, and, and they say, we have noticed the same thing that Dario, you have said, you know, and, and let's talk about this further. And maybe others will say, thank you for sharing what you shared, Emily. And we'd like to know more or hey, where did you get the chronological uh, um, uh, way of reading the Bible, you know, in a year? Uh, we'd like to know that, you know, how can Emily, how can people get a hold of you all and all of us? Yeah, you can send us a message to our um, Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants Podcast. Uh, there's also like a contact us on mesoamericagenesis.org. And if you just want to hear more episodes that are similar to this, you can find it on the podcast tab of Mesoamerica's, mesoamericagenesis.org. Yeah, thank you. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Dario Richards. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.